Good evening, everyone. We'll get started in about a minute or two. Hello, Ivan. Have I got you there? Yeah, we were just waiting for you. That's fine. Apologies. Nature called. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the detail. I just want to share anything more. <laughs> um, oh, fantastic. All right, well, um, you're interviewing me tonight, um, Ivan. So I am to, indeed. You're, you're, you can lead off. Oh, wow. Okay, thank you. I was, I was wondering whether you were going to allow me to do that. But anyway, welcome everybody to tonight's session. Uh, today, indeed, I am interviewing Patrick Nelson. Uh, we have wanted to do this interview a very, very long time ago, and then we ended up hijacking this session to uh, talk about psychology um, because I decided that, you know, I had so much to add to that. Which ended up being quite an interesting session, uh, but today I actually finally get to interview you, Patrick, which is uh, which is exciting. Um, and there's a couple of things that even I don't really know that much, which I'm hoping to learn tonight. So, um, Patrick, welcome to your own program. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How does it feel on the other side? <laughs> I, uh, I'm very nervous, Ivan. I'm very nervous, but uh, oh, no, no. It's good to be talking. I mean, look, I think, um, uh, you know, we talk about trading all the time, you and I, um, but don't really talk too much about the our background. So it was interesting getting some insights uh, into where you've come from, um, obviously from a very young age as a trader, and uh, happy to be sharing uh, my thoughts about about things tonight. Um, you didn't, you didn't start out so late either, but... Um, no. So for anybody who, I don't know, is anyone on the line actually who doesn't know Patrick? Uh, the quick introduction where I got to know Patrick was um, uh, sort of in the in the, in the early stages of my uh, life uh, running trade floor as in my entrepreneurial career, if you will. Um, and we met together. Um, I think it was fire an introduction from someone, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and at that point in time. Patrick was running, what was that, sorry? Uh, I think it was Graham O'Brien from the ASX. Graham, yeah, that would probably make sense. Yep. And um, at that point in time, um, I, I mean, I was literally just starting out. I think I had about two, three clients using my risk management system, which we were building out. And Patrick was running, uh, you know, you say one of the busiest, but it was pretty much the busiest full-service options desk uh, in the country. And I remember um, as I was kind of going through some uh, quite big changes at Tradeful. We're kind of thinking about new new steps, new new, new things that we were doing. Um, you at that point in time decided to step out and uh, go on ultimately on your own and, and founded Reach Markets. And um, I remember actually uh, having an awesome conversation with you and getting quite an angry <laughs> voicemail from you after for not replying <laughs> to your messages. Uh, we were talking about um, uh, kind of doing doing what would ultimately became applied volatility together, but um, it's been uh, awesome uh, working with you over the last two years. Um, it's been definitely been a very interesting experience for both of us. I, I would um, say, and, 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 uh, the first thing we did was built an options calculator together, um, which was that must have been four years ago, five years ago that we did that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and literally thousands and thousands of people use that calculator. Um, mm. Yeah, which is yeah, which 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 is awesome. Um, mm. I can't I can't can't say I'm getting rewarded for the thousands and thousands, but it did lead to a very good relationship <laughs> with you, so that's fine. 
was it was it was it was it was mind blowing. I think coming together with I still haven't met anybody in the, in the industry who knows options. Uh, you'll pretend these days that you don't know options that well, but uh, but I don't know many people in the industry, if anyone, um, who doesn't have an actually very good practical understanding of how options work. But um, going to be interesting. We'll, we'll chat a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, obviously, any advice today uh, is general only. I'm reading your disclaimer, but um, <laughs> this is, in fact, today is only educational. Would you agree with that, Patrick? I would, and as always, if you're thinking about a trade, trading, and you're not a trader at the moment, make sure you get educated um, and do things you understand. Uh, Indeed, trading is a wonderful thing. It's something I'm very passionate about. It's been in uh, enjoy immensely, and and is very rewarding. But um, you have to know what you're doing. Um, yeah, Steve did mention that he has no video. Question for you. Um, uh, you probably just came back from work because you're um, actually going into work. But uh, do you want to do webcams? Yeah, we can do that. I'm going to web. I'll turn my webcam on. Sorry, Steve. Bully, bu- bully you into, in uh, into doing it. Are you still in the office? Jesus. Yeah. Office. You um. Webcam. You are. Uh, you do. You copies do not do not stop you. Um, which is amazing. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about you. Uh, so, how did you get started in trading in the first instance? Well, this I don't know if you know my background, but when I was um, twenty one, I, uh, I I I started a business, and it was called Soup Kitchen. And Soup Kitchen uh, made manufactured soup. And uh, it actually was incredibly successful, except it was a lot of hard work. And we needed to upgrade from the – we had a factory and we needed to upgrade and buy the expensive equipment. And it was about a quarter of a million dollars that was required to do the upgrade to go to the next level. Uh, and at that point in time, my business partner and I were both young and uh, were schoolmates decided that um, we didn't love each other so much anymore. And uh, – <laughs> I decided to go and get a job. Uh, and so this word maybe I was 22, 22 and a half, maybe 23, whatever. Don't know, can't remember. But at, back then I, I got a job working for a company and in the room that I was in was an options trader. It was a financial services business and, uh, and, I, and I learned how to trade options from this character. And that was, that's how I got into uh, options trading. And this guy um, was, was like famous for being this incredible options trader. Um, but in fact, his return had come from a, an accounting error with the broking firm that he worked for. So they, by mistake, put $100,000 into his bank account. And <laughs> was from that day on seen as like a legendary figure um, as uh, a trader. And uh, it only came <laughs> years later um, that, uh, in fact, they asked for the money back at some point in time. But anyway, for a short period of time, this guy was a guru, and that was the guru that I first um, learnt to trade from, believe it or not. Um, wow. It explains so much about you getting out of trade so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, But anyway, I learned how to trade through there, and I spent... Um, you know, and I had the opportunity to learn from people who were using technical analysis. And I'd started off trading options, um, calls and puts, and um, with a very small bank. 
And, um, you know, and that really made me very, very keen not to lose my money, uh, which may, 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 may explain some of my behaviours now as a trader um, because I still hate to lose money. But it's interesting. When it comes to uh, trading, and I've, um, you know, now had a, a career for, I think, 15 years running uh, businesses where I've been at least the lead or, or one of the leads in the business and one of the owners of the business. Um, and in that time, um, you know, you see a lot of different people coming through and trading and very successful traders and people trying to trade and failing and, and a whole range of different things. But, you know, it, 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 different people trade for different reasons. And for me, trading has always been about additional cash flow um, and paying the credit card bill or fixing the fence or, um, you know, renovating the house or just just having cash that I can spend. It's never really been... I've seen your fence, Patrick. Hey, you see my fence? <laughs> I've been to your house. I've, I've seen your fence. Oh, I'm pretty new It's not that But um, the... Um, uh, but you know, it, it, you know, different people get different things out of it. And for me, as a, I, I've traded on a, from a professional sense and had to manage uh, investment teams and, and, and those sorts of things. But personally, I've always just really enjoyed um, generating, you know, a consistent return out of what I'm doing. Uh, and that I think um, is is the is is, is uh, explains, I guess, my approach to trading. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you on your capabilities there, and I mean I, I've seen them firsthand, uh, mostly because you take about one to every three trades that I take, uh, and I'm pretty conservative these days. But yeah. before we talk yeah. about that, tell me a little bit about your um, experience with warrants, uh, because that's quite an interesting story. Uh, yeah. You ended up out of nowhere at one point in time. Not doing options, but doing warrants, which for anyone who doesn't know warrants are, they're like effectively super long-term options uh, with other yeah. characteristics involved. Yeah, um, I mean, in, in, in some ways warrants were an easy product to understand because they were indexed um, in the main and so you knew that if it went up um, 10 cents, your warrant should have changed in value. Um, but, uh, yeah, I um, there was a... There, there, I was I was plonked in a business that I was I'd actually been um, encouraged by a mentor of mine to go and do an MBA, and so I had I quit the the place I was working. It's probably when I was twenty six or something, twenty seven. I'd quit, and they said, "No, no, hang on, we've got a trader that's come and joined our business who was a senior guy over at ANZ. ANZ he'd run the fixed interest desk, um, and uh, sit. Why don't you sit with him and he'll." You know, he's he's going to be uh, trading and then starting a funds management business, um, and so I got plonked with him, and he was managing uh, Warren's book, and he said to me, "Yeah, well, you can do this. I've got other th- better things to do." And I sat there and 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 traded all day. And it was an interesting time because there was a lot of companies marketing warrants back there, so it was very competitive, and everyone was trying to get your business. Um, and so you could do a lot of your work over the phone, just negotiating what your pricing. Um, <laughs> Incredibly, both sides of the spread. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so I had, a lot of, I had a lot of fun trading. It was a really good way to learn, and, and, and I had a great mentor uh, who gave me a lot of really good advice. Um, you know, in that time, and I, you know, I, and, and I think 
one of the key lessons I got out of that time. And so we was day trading, didn't have glasses before I started that job. Um, and then as a, as a day trader that was trading in and out of positions all day, really getting set and getting your, you know, get, I guess being fussy on the way in and being desperate on the way out would be the, the, the way I would describe um, what I was, what I was taught to do. Don't, you know, you, 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 once you've made a decision, your decision is made. Get the hell out of there and, and worry about it later. Uh, and that's been something that is, it's trickier with options, but certainly um, uh, I take that approach with options trading as well, especially when managing big positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're running a small book, when you're just trading your own personal account, it's one thing, but when you have to get a very large order out, um, you really need to make, um, you just need to cop your price on the way out. Mm. Mm. I've seen some um I've seen some glimpses of that when we were doing some trade ideas and uh, it was actually quite interesting because uh, I mean to be fair uh you and I are relatively blase about our options books I mean we've missed big trades because mm. we've been busy in 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 the rest of our lives um and uh but I remember you know when we've had big trades to put on um you know, I, I, it was interesting to see that switch on you go and, and uh, you know, we're dealing with market makers, we're putting some large positions and some liquid stocks. Uh, it was quite it was quite an interesting uh, other side of you that I haven't seen before. Um, maybe took you back a couple of years to your full service days. How do you find yeah. the change between, you know, the business that we operate now um, versus um, what... Um, you know, what, what, what you used to run in terms of full-service book. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the dynamics are very different. Uh, well, there's two, there's two elements to a, a full-service business. One is that um, you've got to come up with trade ideas. Um, uh, well, you don't have to, but generally full-service desks are, are coming up with ideas. Um, and then the other side is managing clients who are experienced traders that maybe want some advice. Uh, or assistance on getting better fills, um, or just prefer to deal with someone over the phone. Um, and so I don't, in, in terms of, I mean, we now have um, a lot of funds managers who trade their private accounts with us on the implied volatility platform. We have a lot of big private clients, uh, very experienced guys, some of the set guys on the session tonight. Um, we know very experienced traders. And, um, you know, there's, in terms of just general, the general feel of it all, it's very similar. Uh, and, to, you know, uh, it's just that everyone transacts online, but they'll call up and ask questions. You don't hear from people that much. It's a different feel altogether. Um, in terms of trade ideas, you know, I think um, we, we, we still do and deliver ideas to people, but ultimately um, in, at REACH, um, in our investment side of the business, uh, or in the trading side of it, we are designed to look after people who are self-directed. Mm. And uh, if you're not self-directed, you don't need to be ex- incredibly experienced when you when you work with us. We'll 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 try and explain and give education and and, and work to to bring people up on things. But ultimately, we're self-directed people. And probably the big thing that I enjoy about what I'm doing now is that it's 100% tailored to self-directed people and you're not getting people there that uh, are coming in because they're looking for someone to show them, you know, uh, the exact way to go about it. There's sort of a belief system amongst people that by being involved, having an opinion or being self-directed, they can get a better result, uh, which is a, is a belief 
by the way that I I share. So it's it's co-aligned with my values as well, and I enjoy it a lot more. Changing tack just a little bit. Um, so you know, so you've been you've been in full you've been you've been trading. You went fund you worked to funds management for for a period of time. Uh, right. Then you went to full service broking, and then online. But how how I mean, part of the motivations for you starting Reach were were outside of just uh, options. I mean, you you started doing a lot more with with Reach. How did you go on the journey to ultimately doing the stuff that you do do, do now, which is you know create uh, cool products like the hedging products that we were talking about the other day. You know, you, yep. you've, you've got a whole capital uh, uh, corporate team ultimately with with, a, with an interesting IR strategy on the side of that. How did you go in and 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 how is that related ultimately? I mean, no, I, 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 know, I, I, yeah, I think um, from a trading side of it, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing, which is. Um, you know, collaborating with yourself, Ivan, uh, and the technology that you, you, you and Brock have put together. Um, it's, you know, it's a joy to be able to be part of the process of delivering that to people. And then obviously an important part of that is setting up the broking arm of it, making sure you can deliver on that service and, and manage that side of it, which is something obviously that I've, that I've been able to bring to, to, to this partnership that we run together. Um, Rich Markets um, is, was built off a belief um, that uh, and there's, there's a bigger, longer-term picture for us, but um, that the way that the capital markets were working had changed significantly because of the disruption of people like Ivan and open markets dragging op- option, tra- tra- trading brokerage levels down to you know, you know, five dollars. Uh, but that that started a long time ago, and a lot of the support mechanisms that existed in the market to support listed companies disappeared. So uh, I know this isn't an options topic, but uh, I'll give you the, the, the Reader's Digest version from our perspective. What we saw over a long period of time, included on the trading side of our business, was that uh, ASX or companies that wanted to list or attract capital were finding it more difficult, especially the smaller ones, to be able to attract that capital, manage the relationship they had with their advisors uh, and with the broader investment community. And that was where uh, Reach started uh, that was the first and foremost what we did, um, and we, when we we started that um, June two thousand and eighteen, I think there's twenty seven people on the team now. There's another four due to start over the next couple of weeks, um, and then there's a couple of external teams as well on the development side, which has got about uh, you know, and, and and I guess we've got the a broking team as well on top of that. So it's grown quite quickly. Um, this month we'll do. Um, uh, three placements, uh, a rights issue, and a share purchase plan uh, across a, you know numerous different listed companies, and and also manage um, some you know larger market cap sort of seventy five to one hundred million dollar market cap unlisted companies, um, you know capital raising and, and you know, debt requirements and so forth, um, uh, as well as numerous other things. So that that's been an important part of the journey. Um, but it, it equally, it's, it's you know, I guess the, what we've sought to do is help people who are self-directed, and that's a big important part of um, the, the, the same approach that we take to trading. Yeah. Mm. I think it's interesting, you know, one thing that sort of observing you over the last couple of years is, you know, uh, in terms of, <laughs> I don't think you like, you know, you're not a natural 
options trader, for example, right? You, you're not you're not the guy who has that, you know, kind of the, the typical guy who sits in the corner of the room and is macho and, you know, he came from the floor and, you know, um, and equally so, uh, you know, you, you're not exactly naturally the, you know, corporate guy. But it's interesting, you've been driven by this uh, almost dogged approach of, you know, there's a whole pool of people that's not looked after, the markets change, and I want to give them accessibility to product mm. and interesting companies. And uh, yep. I've seen you on, on the corporate side, you've said no to more companies than you've said yes to definitely. Uh, and that's, mm. con- that's considering that they come through a very specific distribution of corporate um, mm. uh, firms yep. that do their due diligence and whatever. How, how did that dogged approach come about because that, that's obviously what's driving you in, in, in so many levels. The, 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 the thing that drives me um, uh, and, and main motivation behind REACH is uh, to, I believe passionately that Australia is a country that can't rely on pulling stuff out of the ground and our banks um, forever. So we've got to be innovators and, um, you know, and, and so that innovation um, will come from being able to give Australian investors the confidence they can get the information they need to be able to invest in the right businesses um, and those businesses uh, the ability to engage with the right investors and be able to attract capital at the right prices without giving away control in their businesses. And so that, that, that for me is something that's very important and a driving force behind what I do. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at any of our goals and, and, and look deeper, under, under, underlying all of that is always that driving uh, force. And we believe there is a need that, need, that, that, that exists uh, and, and that we're, we're assisting uh, to um, uh, uh, solve that problem. And, and you know, and if we, if we and other participants like Ivan and, uh, uh, and maybe us together and, and others uh, are able to do that, um, then, you know, it makes a, a better place for Australia and be more innovative. Certainly, it would be good to see the government providing more real support for uh, innovative Australian businesses like we see the Singaporeans do and, and, and Israelis and, and others. Um, but, um, yeah. How, so, you know, the interesting thing, I think, is that, you know, um, you and I have both taken a, a very... Uh, interesting journey and almost a deviation uh, to, on, on many ways where we started and, and I think that you know over the last couple of years our bond's grown stronger uh, and, and we've sort of went into into a little bit of a different direction. How did two option dudes end up trying to solve finance? How did that happen? Yeah um, well I think um, options uh, you know that our old business model, and and you've come in from it from a from a different perspective. I mean, you've come in from technology, um, doing something, but with always with the grand plan. But I think um, looking at the market, just constantly, the first thing that we saw when I started up the the, the original business was that um, model changed, and that you needed to be able to do something where you could add value to be able to justify being an advisor. And if you weren't able to do that, and one way of doing it is come up with ideas and give information and give great execution, all things that are relevant to options trading, but pretty difficult to justify your fee on execution if you're doing equities. So I don't know. Maybe I, don't, I, I, I have no idea, Robin, but I think, um, uh, yeah, we're changing with the times. 
Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, maybe part of that is we have watched this major evolution of, um, yeah, I mean, maybe we were lucky in the sense that options were not, no one invested in options, right? No one invested in building technology. No one kind of foresaw what, what's possible. Uh, until today, you know, you go through a bunch of different platforms. They, they don't know the first thing about options. Um, maybe there's maybe there's something in there. Maybe there's something in us watching this and, and driving this force where we thought, you know what? It's like it's like you know, crack to a to a drug addict. It's like you know, it's the 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 the, the watching disruptions being successful was probably a powerful powerful driving factor. So uh, I don't know. So where, where do you want to take this? Do you want do you want to talk a little bit more about your 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 future because there's some really interesting stuff in the pipeline there. I don't know if it's too early to talk about that. Um, but, do, not, do you want not, to talk? Not about so it? much. Um, I you know you know me uh, like you know I, 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 as it unveils it will unveil. We we generally um, just ticking along. Um, you're, we, we, you're anything but ticking along, Patrick. <laughs> you're growing. Uh, you're yeah. growing very quickly. You've, you've added think, to your team. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested in talking about trading tonight. Um, and um, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I, I think enough on reach uh, and the other stuff. Um, I'd like to get 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 a teeth into talking about some trading. Okay, so uh, a couple of things for you. So you said that when you started out, you were talking about, um, you know, you said you. you Calls and puts. Uh, so you yep. started out as a as a as a buyer of options, and then you sort of yep. progressed. And how did you yep. take the step from buying to selling options or becoming an outrider of options? Uh, well, I I went I, I I was aware of strategies, which and it was actually mind blowing. And I remember going back to when uh, the whole concept was explained to me, which is actually quite a way in. Uh, to trading, I mean, I traded probably a year and a half before the I, even the concept um, of uh, selling came. You know, it was something that I looked at and <laughs> shows how my mind, my, my research was. Um, but um, yeah, I went. I, I when I worked, worked in funds management, they were they were basically just selling calls and selling puts to take on stock. Um, and so we got to see that, and then obviously the extension of that was to bring in spread trading. Um, and um, I think I've naturally been a like, yeah, definitely a seller, but I'm naturally a buyer. Um, I, you know, that, that you know, you know, I like my straddles, but yeah, I, I, I definitely have spent a lot of time doing iron condors and um, books and bear calls. Um, and uh, and some funky versions of all of that um, that sort of you know and I, and I love a straddle, um, but um, yeah, look, I, I, I've always kept it fairly simple. Um, yeah. How do you how do you go about identifying trades? So say it again. How do you go about identifying trading opportunities? Yeah. Um, I've been uh, I'm technical uh, through and through, uh, and I'm uh, from a trader. As a trader, I'm allergic to fundamental analysis, and obviously use it as an investor. Um, I trade um, sort of medium term positions um, on fundamentals, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I buy and own lots of different stuff. 
So some of it's unlisted, some of it is listed, some of it, you know, so it, it really depends, but as an options trader, technical analysis, right? and pretty simple. I mean, um, there, I've got a number of different types of styles of trading, um, and, I, and I think it's really important that you do. Um, so, you know, if I, you know, if we're in a high volatility market, I love an iron condor or a bear call, bull put, if I can get the right levels in. Um, and uh, if it's at the low, if, if I feel I can understand the bottoming of it, um, then I'll then straddles are my go-to strategy. If I've got time to watch the market, then I will trade shorter term directional trades. But um, otherwise a breakout trade, absolutely, although I just haven't had time to trade those styles over the last couple of years. So generally, um, yeah, it'll fit within in, within that range. Um, key, key support and resistance levels are important to me. Um, breakouts um, and uh, implied volatility, you know, is, is probably the, <coughs> probably the I'm looking at. So we had a breakout yesterday. Um, sort of yep. completed the breakout today uh, to the downside. Uh, you've obviously got a note of the counter trade on yeah. um, in US. You've had got you've got a hedge on. What yeah. does what, what what's your next? What, what are you are you going to adjust your trading style now over the next couple of weeks because of that? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, no. Well, the, the breakout is is it, you've got a trade on its on its merit, um, and then I've got another trade on which is um, a different position, and it's being held for different reasons. Um, so you know, and I always stated that I wasn't trying to pick the direction of the market. It was there for a hedge, although you know that I will be itchy fingers on it, uh, itchy trigger finger, it's already hurting. So, the, um, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but it, you know, so in short, no, yeah. How, uh, actually, Josh asked a good question, do you generally hold your positions until expiring? No, I don't. So I... Um, it depends on the trade, but I've never really been one for holding to expiry because, I, I, look, everyone is different, so there's no right or wrong, and you've got to just trade the way that helps you make money. And in my case, um, if I'm uh, trading directionally, then I'm usually long, uh, long vol, so, and, uh, or, or I've bought an option. Um, and so, I, you know, I... I you know, I'll have a, a stop, which is a time-based stop, which will get me out with, before time decay comes in to haunt me. Um, and uh, generally, if I'm, uh, if I'm, uh, you know, if I've sold, then I'm uh, sold to enter the position. Then uh, when it gets closer to expiry day, I'm generally looking, saying, I don't have much upside, um, but I've got lots of downside. And so I'll generally like to get my position off. Mm. That's not, that, there are better ways of doing it than I do it, but that's just the way that I that's it. That's the way I operate. So I go with it. And any time I haven't gone with the way it feels right for me, I've always regretted it. So yeah. Interesting. I um uh, I had to make a big adjustment when I was going from futures, which were you know delta one to to options. 
and I'm still trying to make that adjustment. And I think that the way that you look at options, uh, you know, you've been trading them a lot longer than I have, but I think the way that you look at them and because of the impact of time decay, you not holding on to positions may actually be a, a good thing to do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that your P&L is better than mine over last year. Yeah, look, I think what happens is that um, I kind of got, get always got fed the horror stories uh, when you when you oversee a desk, you always hear the well, they were there, they'd made all this money, and then they held on for you know the extra hundred bucks profit, and then gave up twenty grand, you know, or whatever it might be. So um, I just generally clear out. How do you? How do you how do you adjust your trading plan for something like that? Um, do you have very do you have predefined goals around what you're what you're looking to get out of a trade before you get on? Absolutely. Onto a trade? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, I found that uh, the, that if I don't have clear defined rules and I get into a trade, then the internal voices in my mind will start to um, will start to drag me into places that I never intended to be, let me put it that way. So um, it's not even a, a, well, it is an option. It's always an option to go into something without uh, following your rules, uh, but it's something that I've beat out of myself over time. Um, and so going into a trade, I want to have clear, simple rules. Um, I, uh, in, you know, historically I would have written them down if I'm doing a trade which is a little bit more complicated or I haven't done for some time, I would definitely be documenting the trade and sticking it on the wall. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's something that I'm very, very comfortable with, I'd just go in knowing what I was going to do next. I've got to be very clear about that. Um, and, and uh, you know, if you follow someone else's, the, the, the one thing that, um, one bit of advice for anyone that's new to trading or if you're operating with an advisor, I think it's really important that whenever you do a trade, that you assume responsibility for the trade. So if you get like a, Ivan and I come up with a breakout trade idea that we feed you and you think, that, well, that makes sense. The moment you put that trade on, a couple of things are true. One, it's a random event that will dictate whether or not you make money. Um, so it doesn't matter how good our 96% of the time this trade worked when we backtested it and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. The time you put on is a random event. So you've got to be comfortable with that. And it's your trade. Once your money's in there, guess what? You get to, if you're successful, you get the money. That's you. That's your money. You deserve it. Um, but if it goes against you, you need to make sure that you've got a plan for what you're going to do. And, um, and, and, and and it's essential whether you're picking up ideas from other people or where you hear them, uh, you need to own the trades. That accountability is something that um, has been true through a lot of the a lot of the sessions that we've ran um, and, and you, you get to hear the good traders always talk about accountability. Yeah. Um, but if you're on a losing streak, how do you how do you not blame someone? How is it not Donald Trump's fault or Biden's fault or Dan Andrews' fault or how do you how do you stay focused? You know, when, when I was younger and I was trading and I played football at that time, the way that I would put um, you know, taking trades, the analogy that I gave myself at that point in time was that once you play footy, you've got to run back uh, with the flight of the football and you can hear 
the footsteps come in towards you and then someone runs straight over the top of you, puts a knee into your back or whatever. But that is your job. You have to be able to do it. And as a trader, you have to be able to take losses. You have to be able to take responsibility for your trades. That is your job. That is something you have to be able to stand up and be proud about. That's part of who you are. Um, and so I think that um, part of being a trader, you have to accept that as part of who you are and um, uh, and make it part of you. Get, you actually have to be that person. So and that and I, and I believe it's a choice, but it's harder for some. Um, and um, and and I guess for some, it's it's not possible. But um, yeah, I always, I always, you know. But but Ivan, to your point, what I am not is good at taking losses and continuing to trade. So I stop. Mm. I stop, and I don't fixate on the bad trades. I just stop for a while, regroup, and then wait till I feel that I that I, a confidence return about what I'm seeing, and then I'll re-enter. Mm. Yeah. One thing I, you know, it's interesting and probably um, shifting tact just a little bit. Um, one, one thing I was quite interested in when, when I was sort of sitting in that boardroom you're in right now, um, yeah. and I saw sort of your, you know, your, your kind of your high level weekly plan, which is, you know, how you you meditate, you you go through certain things um, every day. You wake up earlier than definitely earlier than I do. Uh, go to bed about the same time unless you pass out on the couch. But how is is that something that's transpired over years of trading discipline that has got you to to stay in the rhythm, you know, take your cold shower in the morning? Um, and how has that improved your general day-to-day clarity when you're making business decisions? Uh, well, I mean, uh, lifestyle is pretty important um, when you're trading and it's also important when you're running a business and running a family and all of the above, right? So, um, you know, I think it, it definitely helps if you're mindful um, and you're clear about, you know, you know how you feel and you're present uh, and aware. Um, and it's very easy to go on autopilot, and that would that, that won't necessarily bode well for you trading. It might in the short time, in short term, to be honest. I think it can actually. Um, it, it, it can be a uh, it, it can be something that's used for a period of time, but um, yeah, I think um, you know mindfulness and routine and structure and following plans for me at least is uh, important to arriving at good decisions that you don't regret. Yeah, and <laughs> as your discipline. Um, and mindfulness to what's trading changed over the last three or five years? And if so, how has your trading plan and trading strategy adjusted? Um, I think the biggest impact that has been had on my trading strategy over, say, five years is time. So five years ago was 2015, and in... Was it May 2015? Um, we, interestingly enough, uh, and you're just you're just you're taking me you're taking me back to a major major event, uh, which is probably why I'm doing what I'm doing now, uh, and that was BBY. Hmm. Um, and at that point in time, um, with BBY with the second largest options turnover business in Australia, maybe the third, uh, but just behind Pershing and. 
I don't know, maybe Comsec or something like that. But they were mm. a clearer and they were the first broker to, to go belly up in Australia and I was their second largest client. Um, and I was also uh, the only one to get all my clients out of BBY. So none of our clients um, that uh, opened and moved accounts were affected by it. Uh, which is a major didn't sleep for a week event and called in a lot of favours. Uh, but at the end of that, what happened was the options trading industry changed for a period of time. It's probably recovered now, but it's different. Um, the, I think changes occurred that meant that a lot of people um, that were running businesses and so forth found it just too hard and probably went and did other things. Um, and uh, and other people were just taken out of the market altogether by that terrible event that occurred. Um, for me, it meant that I went from having an incredibly just cash flow, you know, successful business, it's just still a successful business, but it, it reminded me that there was maybe more to life than just sitting back and running a successful little trading business, and maybe it was time to go out and do something different. Um, but that, that I don't even know, where did I start that question? Um, the yeah, um, it's more about discipline and how you know how your trading strategy oh, changed over five years. Point, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> the point now, you asked me where I was five years ago. Pre that, I had time to look at the market every day and spend an hour or two, uh, if I wanted to, um, I could just choose to do that and spend a lot more time doing my own trading, managing my own my own stuff. Um, I still, I probably do more investing now than I've ever done, and and I, and I do take positions uh, on equity trades, and I do a lot bigger positions in, with equities, you know, and, and and even probably comparatively high risk. Um, but um, from a tr- true trading perspective, uh, less time on options, but still as passionate about it and enjoy it as much as ever. Mm. Right. And there's a well. There's a time so you don't make money trading um, trading equities when COVID hits and you can't or you can on the flip side when it recovers. But um, mm-hmm. there there are long periods of time where it's difficult to make money trading equities. We interestingly enough, I guess you know, in March you and I put on more positions than we did for a very long period of time. So you know, the opportunity was there. Um, and I guess that, that leads to an interesting question. By the way, if anyone does have questions um, for Patrick, please type them in. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Patrick would be glad to take questions other than from me, uh, since I ask awkward questions that uh, we haven't had chance to talk about really in all the years that we, we've spoken. Um, but now that you have less time, does that make you more selective about positions? Are you jumping on situations where you feel like you've definitely got a higher edge? And yeah. is it better? I, I, I um, definitely, I, I think um, I now have to make myself trade, if that makes sense, uh, in that I have to go. And, and, the, and the good thing about doing webcasts with you, Ivan, is that uh, a couple of times a week we both spend an hour or so talking about our trades. We do catch up over the phone and talk about stuff. But it, it, that sometimes is harder, I think, um, uh I think having a, a trading buddy is good, um, someone that you can talk to about what you're doing. Um, but I'm not in. I'm, if if the trade isn't there or it doesn't line up beautifully, then I won't do it. 
and I'll also sometimes where maybe I might have done a trade a day or two earlier, I might be a little bit more patient. So I think, um, and I'll go, oh, well, if I miss it, I miss it, you know, and that, and that might have to wait two weeks before it lines up again, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. So, yeah, it definitely has made me a little bit more selective, but that doesn't mean that's not necessarily a good thing. Debatable. I mean, I've seen, seen your track record. It's ridiculous. So, you know, I, I'm always the guy who will be first on the trade. You know, you'll just patiently sit there in the corner, wait for it, go, yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling it. I'm like, oh, so I'm, I'm, I've got until about trade. And then, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, now I'm going to do it. There was a trade which was two days apart. I lost money and you made money. I'm never going to yeah, forgive you for it. I think, uh, to be fair, on, on balance, you would make more money trading in most market conditions um, because you're actually um, in there for the big wins. And, and I think when my style of trading is there, I'm, I'm happy to take those trades. But, um, yeah, what trade was it Josh was ask, Joshua was asking? Um, it was an iron condor on it was an iron condor on, on the XJI, and uh, it was um, there. It was two days apart. It was COVID. Um, I got my strikes were like a hundred points different because of, because of you being you know half a day later or two. Day, well, it was two days later, uh, but the market kind of went you know anyway. Um, hey, do you, no, do you I, have I thought you I got into the trade first. No, no, you got in. You got in second. You, you've always been patient. You've watched me do a lot of trades. Uh, we did do, remember we did the trade on, that was actually quite an interesting one we did on the webcast, uh, yeah. which was where it went through 55.50, which was that level that we were talking about, and we tried to get the Iron Condor on, and that was trading, uh, it was trading, uh, I was 5,300 or something, about 15, 20 minutes later, yeah. and uh, we did get our Iron Condor back then, and remember we were sitting, we, sat, we went for lunch afterwards, um, and the market ended up turning positive on the day. Anyway, it was interesting. Um, do you have a view on the energy sector over the next three months? Probably a little bit different. Mm. Yep, next question. Uh, how do you decide which underlying assets to trade options over? Uh, yeah, look, um, you, you've got to have a, um, a way of picking direction. And so, uh, look, I, I, I don't... There's a couple of things that will rule things out for me. So, um, you know, how, how, how actively traded it is. Um, uh, you know, there are certain stocks that, are, that, are, that you don't get great pricing on because they move around so much, but they're thinly traded. Um, so there's some things like that that will, will generally rule things out or some of the smaller stocks, bloody expensive. Um, but um, other than that, um, the only other thing that would rule things out for me is if I there are certain things that I've had bad experiences with. Don't like trading Telstra um, and Newcrest Mining, uh, but then if it meets the rules, it meets the rules, and I trade it. Hmm. So it doesn't. But I wouldn't have um, that many. In, uh, you know, I'm not going to have three banking trades on. Or I mean, at the moment, I'm generally trading one thing at a time. Uh, on options anyway, so it's not an issue for me. But um, in the past where I might have had four trades on at once, uh, which is big for me, um, you know, I'd spread it around a little bit. But I've always generally liked to trade the XJO. But there are times when there's just no trades on the XJO. Um, at the moment, if you're trading directional, 
um, trying to find a trade on the XGOs, well, good luck. Um, now you might find one. Ivan's been trading it uh, and is about to well, look pretty smart. But um, the, um, yeah. So are you trying to say that normally I don't? Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> you look pretty and smart. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the compliments. But it's your show tonight. What, uh, Jeremy asked me a question, what motivated you to build successful trading firms when you can be successful in your own? And I think it probably goes back to that accessibility point and doing more than just trading businesses. But so in, in, um, for, a sh- for a short time, I became a full-time trader and uh, I was pretty young. It was pre-me doing my warrants, getting my warrants trading job, and I went full-time as a trader uh, for one month. And it was the most, <laughs> me personally, um, it was the most unhappy month of my life. And I, and, and maybe I was a bit, probably a bit young for it, and, you know, I just wanted to be around other people, and I just found it boring. Um, so that's one reason why I don't actually see myself, maybe when I retire and, I could see myself trading with some of my in, in my spare time, um, but I've never seen myself as be going on and being a full time trader and just trading. I've had roles where a big part of my job has been to oversee traders and to put forward trade ideas and do all that kind of stuff. But trading my own personal account just doesn't motivate me. As I was sort of saying at the start, I, you know, what motivated me around trading is, is it's a it's a hobby that keeps my mind engaged in everything that's going on in the world and I make money out of it. I mean, what, and, it, and it's exciting and it's all, you know, what better hobby could you have um, in addition to what you do? So it's just an absolute joy to have it as something that I can do. Um, so that my motivation comes from that side of it um, and, I, and I fully appreciate that that's very different to a lot of other people. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that we're sort of getting towards the back end um, of, uh, of of the session, and if anyone's got some final questions, um, shoot them through. And, and uh, thank you, Jeremy, if you well, I should say Patrick probably will say thank you to, to your to your thank you. But um, I, I I firsthand, you know, having sort of watched and observed you grow, and um, uh, you know, not only as a as a trader, where I actually legitimately don't remember a trade that you've lost on. Um, you, you're selective, but, but you know, I, have you actually lost on a trade since we started implied volatility? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the only people that typically say that are the people that uh, that don't trade. But um, I've, I've yeah, yeah. seen your account. If I a bit more actively, I definitely would have. But uh, no, we've we've done a lot of trades, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. But you, you know what? Go a bit, Why not make it it's, 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 I'm actually not proud of that statement because, um, you, you know, in, in trading, what matters is how much money you make on balance, not how many wins you have. Um, and so, you know, it's it, it definitely the, the stat you should only be happy about is net what your profit was at the end of it all. Um, and trading towards high percentage wins is actually one of the biggest traps you can fall into as a trader. Um, but, um, yeah. I think that if I was to categorize your trading, uh, I'd actually probably say that you more invest in options than, than trade. Um, you identify your positions, you're very careful, uh, and 
at least from my perspective, when you go into a trade, I listen. And uh, even in my last put positions, which look like they're going the right way, I've been a little bit cautious because you didn't get the trade with me. I thought I, I thought I'd have it perfectly. You'd say, ah, nothing, nothing there. Well, I um, traded, I did trade it. We traded the US. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yours was a bit longer term. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm sitting there going, I'm kind of, these things expire in the middle of October for me. How's it going to work? What would be your typical trade frequency in a given period? Uh, yeah, yeah, question, Jason. Um, there have been periods over the last couple of years where um, I've I've kept some ridiculous hours uh, on a work front, and I just damn traded. Um, so when I'm in the when I'm when I'm active, I'm only trading three times a month, something like that. Yeah, mm. and there's a very very good takeaway from that, and we've discussed this on multiple occasions. Where if you're not in the zone, you shouldn't do it. You yeah. shouldn't go in and if you're distracted, you've got other stuff going on. Like you've got to be focused. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to pre-plan your trades. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we talk to um, a lot of guys that are, you know, super amazing traders and, they, they do, you know, again, I, I profess from the very get-go that I'm a trader and it's something that I do and I enjoy. But I'm a, you know, uh, in my own personal trading, it's, 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 it, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hot, it's, it's more than a hobby, but it's 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 you know it is not it doesn't define what I do. I'm not trying to make my living out of trading. But some of the guys that are making their livings out of trading, they need to when they talk about being in the zone, they talk about diet during the day, what they'll eat, not drinking too much water, don't get pissed at lunch, don't have a big night the night before. All of these things, and they treat themselves. They you know well, I guess they're the sort of behaviours that well, some of them. Are. Behaviors that you take into how you work, but um, they they do treat almost like a sport, um, or, or as though they're an athlete. And how they approach what they do, um, definitely um, that's not that, that's not my case. Okay, so uh, Brad's asked, what duration to set options typically for weeks, months? Um, so it depends on the strategy. Um, generally speaking, um, and it depends on a couple of other factors in terms of the duration. So uh, volatility um, is is higher than I'll be potentially doing a lot shorter term uh, if I'm selling. Uh, there, there are other thing, things like that that will, that will come into to impact. But for me, um, if I'm buying, I'm generally out six weeks. Um, and if I'm selling, you know, six down to two. Yeah. Mm. I'm never selling naked, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we, <laughs> it was one of the first conversations we ever had um, about the market versus versus sort of how you guys are trading. Um, mate, it's been awesome uh, yeah. getting the chance to interview you. I have actually learned a couple of things uh, about you that I didn't know. Um, I'm, I, I've always been interested, but you know, we've always uh, been meaning to talk a lot more about psychology, about discipline. I think I think that was very interesting. Uh, to hear you talk about that, about how you trade nowadays, um, I'm. Uh, I, I think you you are very humble in your in your approach to trading, uh, but uh, you know for for the, for those of you that do join in on Thursday sessions, um, I I highly recommend you listen to what Patrick says because half the time 
uh, it's very good advice, and the other half, it's advice that you really should take on. Um, but uh, the way that you look at the markets is, is, is different, um, uh, and uh, I've really enjoyed having that opinion over time uh, with you. Um, uh, it, it's, it's made a lot of trades clearer for me and actually probably kept me away from some trades that I shouldn't have had. We're going to be um, yang in terms of how we approach things um, there, so it is, it is definitely to uh, have, have, have some different um, views at the table. But, uh, no, I appreciate uh, what you say there, Ivan, and also uh, thanks for everyone for taking the time to come along tonight and listen to us wax on about trading again. Um, <laughs> we've been uh, working on a, on a session, which um, one of the reasons why I came on tonight, we'd always saved if we had a spare spot that uh, I'd interview Ivan and, and vice versa. Um, so we've done that now. Um, we might take next week off again, Ivan. I'm still working on finalising this format. Yep. Um, and it's just been caught up with a couple of things this week. Uh, and then we're going to bring in three traders over three weeks uh, and get them to give exact, their exact trading plans. Um, uh, Ivan, you and I are going to do a, a fourth session where we collaborate on picking direction, straddles, and iron condors. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we'll lay out our trading plans around three different trading strategies, but that we're going to have um, a couple of gun traders really tip-top, very, very, um, you know, uh, uh, you know very, very active big traders come in and show us their trading plans through that time as well. So that across um, over uh, uh, probably about a month, um, and uh, that will ideally in a fortnight will be when that kicks off, Ivan. So, guys, yeah, awesome. uh, thanks for coming along You've tonight. You've been threatening that for a while. Hey? You've been threatening that for a while, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Anyway, there's a bit going on at the moment, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Yes. Yes, and that's awesome, and that's that's been that's been very interesting to watch as well. So, but, yes, also... Um, I should say um, we set out to start the trading business um, to be able to give people the best technology in Australia um, and the lowest options prices, brokerage rates, uh, and also access to full service, which we build a full service. Well, we've got a full service team that have joined us as well. Um, and so if anyone wants access to any of that, it would be remiss if I didn't always ask, uh, typing yes into the chat box, and we'll set you up with a 30-day trial. If you've had a trial on our platform before, type in yes, we'll give you another trial um, and um, and we'll get you set up with all of that and uh, access to our trade ideas and all the other sessions we run. There's a full education program in there as well. Um, so you've got time to go through all those education videos and everything else that we have in there. All right. Beautiful. Awesome. Eight o'clock on the dot. Eight o'clock on the dot. <laughs> Wonderful. Love, love, love that. All right. Thanks, mate. Because you, we, we didn't have you asking questions. Ha, ha, ha. Thanks, guys. Okay. See you later. Uh, bye-bye.